show. I move to hour number three. Welcome to the program. I'm Jim Rome. I'm back in California after a tremendous week in Vegas. One of my favorite weeks ever. I want to shout out the XR4TI for doing a great job. Team did a great job. Great, 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 great job. Everybody involved. Those who came, those who stayed, those who split up, those who went to the row, those who stayed with me on our set outside the Bellagio. Big shout outs to everybody. Alvin has a week that was that kind of commemorates the entire week. I'm going to try and get to that later on this hour. Meantime, it's a reaction day. Reaction Monday, one 636 8686 Speaking of Reaction Monday, Ed Romy's my homie, a.k.a. Abby, writes, Jimmers, you haven't told us how at Big Head Bets is handling his foster daddy losing that game. I'm curious, yo. Abby, the reason I haven't told you, I don't know. Or Lady Clone. I don't know. He got awfully quiet last night, and then I did not hear from him. I thought he had a pretty good betting day. I mean, obviously, he had the game right. He and I both laid, uh, took the points. I think that he did well with his prop bets, too. I didn't hit those. Not because I didn't believe in them. I just forgot to hit those. Because I'd hit, what I did with that game was, I smashed the plus two when I could get it. And then I hit the money line too, right before the game. So I had enough exposure. And I forgot about his prop bets. I don't know. Hey, Head, if you're even working or listening today, and you want to call up and let us know how you're doing, I think that's fair. We'll see. Not really sure, Abby. I want to go back to Spags and the fact that this guy took such great offense to my saying he's the best big game D coordinator I've ever seen. And he said, come on, man, stop, stop. With Belichick being head coach, he was the, quote, in facto D coordinator. Let me give you, let me just take a moment and elaborate. So you've got Patrick Mahomes, absolute legend. For all the reasons I mentioned, three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time NFL MVP, six straight AFC championship games, six years as a starter, he's 28 years old. I acknowledged all of this. I'm going to keep talking about this. But again, put the proper respect on another legend. Spags. Yes, I said it. Steve freaking Spagnolo. Put some respect on this guy's name. Give this guy some bleeping credit. All right? I'm going to say something here. I'm going to say it again. It's a massive statement. I know what I'm saying. This is not some kind of hot take nation. I believe this fully. Best big game D coordinator ever. Period. Once again, last night in Super Bowl 58, he was at his damn best. This is a defensible statement. This is a fair statement. There were more plays made by Spags' defense than there were by Patrick Mahomes last night. Fact. They consistently won first down over and over and over again to put the famed Lobster Jr.'s offense in third and long over and over and over again. And that's what you need to do against that offense. And Spags' guys did just that. They did just that. And then they balled the hell out on the back end after he continued to move more and more guys into the box 
in an attempt to make San Francisco throw the ball. I know a lot of you are thinking, why aren't they running it? Why aren't they running it? Why aren't they pounding the ball? Hasn't Kyle learned his lesson? The reason they weren't running it is because Spags kept dropping more and more guys into the box, daring Brock Purdy to beat them and trying to get them to throw the ball. And why is that? Because Spags knew that his guys played man coverage as well as anybody. So he once again asked them to do just that. He asked Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed to be the alphas, and they responded with big play after big play, both those guys. And his defense, allowing two field goals instead of touchdowns with the game on the line. One late in the fourth, the other in OT, were the difference in that game because they gave Mahomes the opportunity to win, and of course he did. That defense is smart as hell and coached up like no other. They're smart. They adjusted to everything they saw. Remember what offense they were going up against. They adjusted to everything. The shifts, the motions, everything. That's a testament to Spags and his coaching. Also, take into account their age. Back, not his age, which I'll get to in a minute, but the age of that defense. Back-to-back years now, and they have been the youngest defense ever to win a Super Bowl. All right, so that's good drafting, and that's coaching them up. I mean, again, Chiefs fan, you know. I'm not telling you something you don't know. I'm telling this to the people who are telling me that Belichick was the in facto D coordinator. But you Chief fans already know this. Your Chiefs don't even make the playoffs without that defense this year. They carried an offense that led the NFL in drops, that led the NFL in offensive penalties until they got their sea legs back in the postseason. Even in the postseason. Spags' D did some heavy-ass lifting. Are you listening or are you just hating? Are you just la-la-la-la ignoring me? Because I'm making points. I'm making facts here that you need to hear. This dude's defense dominated Tua and that high-powered Miami attack. This dude's defense beat Josh Allen in Buffalo. This dude's defense then worked. The two-time NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Straight up. The best unit on the field for Super Bowl 58 was Spags' defense. So, now what? That's four for him. Four Lombardis. His first, probably the greatest defensive coach game ever in Super Bowl 42 when the Giants ended Bacon 46's Patriots perfect season in 07. Have you conveniently forgotten about that? And now three more for him with the Chiefs. Two of the three Super Bowl wins, both against Frisco. His defense outperformed his own team's offense. And remember, before he showed up, that defense was a liability like no other under Bob Sutton. I know you Chiefs fans remember that. Like ass. Like historic ass. So back to the question of age. My real question, how in the world is this guy not getting interviewed for head coaching jobs? 
How? How is that? Yeah, I know. His run in St. Louis was not a good one. In fact, below not good. But that was more than a decade ago. Below not good. And situations matter. And that situation in St. Louis was also below not good, to put it kindly. And this guy never stops learning. Hell, even his season away from football in 2018, he was on the grind, learning, working on his craft, even watching film at NFL Films in Jersey, not too far from his Philly house, so he could get better. I'll tell you what he didn't do, but maybe should have if he wanted a head coaching job. He did not build a barn, fill it up with film and analytics, and then invite reporters to come see and write a story on how much he changed. So then maybe he could swindle an old snake oil salesman in Dallas. Again, Pat's the man. You all right? Pat is the man. He's on his way to becoming the GOAT. But I bet even Pat would tell you. In fact, I know Pat would tell you. He does not have... Yeah, I got that, Albie. Jared didn't sound too good. Hit that with some Pedialyte. See if you can borrow some of Frisco fans' Pedialyte. I think that even Patrick himself, in fact, I know it, would admit that he doesn't have three Lombardis without Spags. The guy's a legend, and he's not getting the respect he deserves. I'm telling you, he's worthy of a head coaching job. And any team that takes a shot at him, I think, would be lucky as hell to get him. Here's the thing. I don't think another team is going to take a shot at him, unfortunately, because he's 64. But I think that another team sure as hell should because he's earned that shot. And I know that a lot of guys, and we've seen this the last couple of years, on their second shots have not fared well. I think this guy deserves it. I think this guy's earned it. And I think the guy, even at 64, has lost nothing. He's sharp as hell. He should be a head coach. And he didn't gravy train or coattail anybody for those rings. He earned it. All right, so back to Abby's question. How is Big Head dealing with his foster daddy and his foster brother getting worked again? Let's find out. Yo, Head, what's cracking? Not much, Jim. I'm doing okay. A little emotional, but I'm doing all right. You emotional? Just a touch here. Since when? I thought I had it. Yeah, you know. Okay, well, now, on the one hand, business is business. There is no emotion. You had a very good business day, right? A great business day. We made a lot of money, yes. A ton of money. So so, so why? Dude, are you telling me that you root? I always root for the Shanahan's no matter what. It's the one thing I'll always go around. But that doesn't get in the way of making money off of them. All right, so exactly. So I'll give you that. You did You did not bet with your heart. You bet with your head. You got yourself paid. You got the clones paid. Hey, clones, as always, you're welcome. You're really yeah, you're welcome. welcome. So, head, take me through it. Was That game was developing. You saw them early on. They're flying around defensively to the football. You couldn't even hate on your guy Steve Wilkes. It looks right. so good. You're up double digits. What were you feeling at that point? Um, a little nervous because they were only up 10 and they were dominating. So I knew Patrick was going to make a move in the second half and come after him pretty good. I thought they should have been up by 17 or more or something like that. So I kind of 
knew the Chiefs were coming back for sure. Oh, true. Now, you are a middle-aged male. Mm-hmm. Why are you taking this so hard, dude? Why is this so personal? Oh, because I root. I'm the opposite of you. I root a lot. I'm kind of a fan in a lot of ways, especially for the Shanahan family. And when I know I'm right about somebody, like the Shanahan family, it hurts because i got to deal with this nonsense for another freaking year about him not winning the big game and all kinds of stuff. And the reality of the whole thing is Jimmy should have three Super Bowls now if somebody doesn't muff a punt, if somebody doesn't miss Emmanuel Sanders wide open for a touchdown, or if Tart doesn't drop an interception, Kyle would have three of these things now. Yeah, well, the thing is, it woulda, coulda, shoulda. If the queen had a sack, she'd be the king. I know, I know. But it's true. You, you don't think any you don't think any of this is fair, any of the criticism of Kyle. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not here to hate at all. That is a brilliant coach. Mm-hmm. That is a brilliant play caller. That is an incredibly innovative guy. And I don't want to I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I know he's going to get one because I don't know that." Yeah. But you don't think any of the criticism of him is fair? The guy has lost three Super Bowls where he led by double digits. Yeah, None of that's the on double-digit thing doesn't matter to me much because he lost to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes on those kind of things, and each game is different. Um, <laughs> the Falcons' defense blew that game, no matter what anybody says. They got a little bit conservative at the end, but that's just one game there. The other ones, 10-point lead in the first quarter, yeah, whatever. You knew that was going to come with Mahomes and all those guys. I, I don't get caught up on those stats by, by no means. All right, so what's your bottom line on this? Do you really feel like it's just not a question of if, it's a matter of when, or are you looking at their situation? Like, Brock is going to get paid. They can't keep all their vets. Nothing is guaranteed. So one more season they should have with most of all these great players on the team. So they are favored to win it next year. I think they Are they already? They, give me, give yes. me the early line. What, what's the early line say for next year? The early line, these two teams are the favorites. So uh, San Francisco is the favorite, and then second choice is Kansas City right now. And actually, as strange as it sounds, I kind of like the 49ers better than the Chiefs next year because I don't think Chris Jones or Snead will probably be back. And if you didn't have Chris Jones against the 49ers, you lose those two Super Bowls, no matter what anybody says, because he made the play in overtime to make them kick the field goal. And then the first Super Bowl they played each other, he was the one that batted a ball or two down late in the fourth quarter. Who oh, made no, another didn't, big-time didn't no doubt. He is a disruptive mother blazer. First ballot now, I think, after a uh, third Super Bowl ring now. I think he's that good. Right. Yeah. All right, so a bittersweet day for you, dude. Pops, bittersweet. Pops yeah. and your foster bro have another devastating disappointing day but dude you got paid you had a good year we we did get paid i'm happy about that but man you need a quarterback and i and i do got to give a uh, big clock some credit he played really really good just a couple two he played plays. really really well yes damn it dude I he's not the reason you're not you're you're not going to come in here and tell me he's the reason you lost that game are you no but when you when you do play patrick mahomes you damn near have to be perfect and he had that third and four coming out of the two-minute warning, if he makes that pass, they win the Super Bowl. And then the overtime one when we forgot to uh, block Chris Jones, if he converts that, I could see where you might forget too. blocking Chris Jones. Easy to forget about that guy. Uh, that, I could see where you'd lose that, track of him. Nobody's talking about that, but we're talking about the overtime back and forth, the taking the ball, whatever, whatnot. But the 95 not blocking him on that third down in overtime, that's how you beat Mahomes. And that's then they blew it. They blew it. You have to be perfect. Yeah, well, Brock, it was not Brock's responsibility to block on 
No, I, 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 that's true. But the third and four out of the two-minute warning, he probably could have seen that blitz on the inside. But Big Trent missed it, too, so it's a team effort. It's all that, a team. All this that, too. Team. And Mahomes, believe it or not, he actually missed a couple of big plays, too. He but, absolutely did. He missed a big one at the end of the game where he missed. Uh, he went to Travis Kelsey. He locked in on Kelsey, and he missed Rasheed Rice, which is funny, too, because if that's Josh Allen, that's what everybody in the whole dude, world is I love your agenda. I, I knew you'd be coming with that Josh <laughs> Allen stuff, man. Josh Allen. You, you it's do, so rude, funny dude. how people work, man, who they want to blame and who they don't want to blame. You, Kyle and Starting with Josh you Allen at the front of the line. Starting with it? you at the front of the line. Yeah, All right. Well, yeah. Dude, go, go take your money and go on an exotic vacation or wash a few dogs or expand the dog wash. You know, do, I could do that. You could. It was a good payday. So thank you. Great season. Good year for Big Head Bets. And we'll have to do some more come basketball. All stuff. right, Head. You got it. Nice job. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks. So as, as you'd expect, Abby, hope that answers your question. He was happy for the business because that was good business for him. But I knew that he'd be a little bit down and pointing the finger. No acceptance in that. No acceptance in the better team won. Just, well, you know, the quarterback is a thing. I I tend to see it more like Ross Tucker when he came on and said, you know what, I think Brock Purdy actually acquitted himself very well. I do too. Brock made some big throws. Brock made some big plays. I'm not putting that on him. Hey, how about this? How about you don't put it on anybody? How about the better team won? How about the better team won? How about... This is the way it's going to be when you play in the same era as Patrick Mahomes. Much like this is how it was when you had to bang your head up against the wall when you were Charles Barkley and going up against Michael Jordan. This is just how it is. As great as these guys are, as great as Josh Allen is, as great as Joe Burrow is, as great as Jalen Hurts is, as great as any of these guys are, You're going up against a guy who might go down as the greatest of all time. Bad timing. Bad luck. Hey, Rome. In facto is the best clone-generated word I have heard in a long time. It ranks right up there with assistment. Personal assistment. And secondly. Secondly. Personal Sincerely, Mark in Bugha. Personal assistant. Uh, assistant is the legend Ray Ray in Tampa, who keeps coming smack, up today. I today, Ray Ray in Tampa, personal Tampa assistant. was a legend. Legend. I don't talk smack. I smack talkers. An incredible line. I don't talk smack. I smack talkers. I don't talk smack. I smack talkers. A lot of this too, Jim. Ray Ray McLeod picked the wrong time to become Ray Ray in Tampa. Son Jeff in Santa Barbara. I don't talk smack. I smack talkers. Personal assistant. Personal assistant. That's one thing I have going for me. I have an incredible personal assistant. Personal assistant. Kenneth e in the 503. Jim. Unsung hero. Spags. Please. Please. Signed, Coach Penis. That was part of the conversation. Remember last week we talked about would Andy Reid walk it off? And if Andy Reid were to win and walk it off, who would succeed Big Red? A number of people said Coach Penis. I'm saying it should be Spags. 
But it doesn't matter because apparently, allegedly, it doesn't look like Andy's going to walk it off. Rome, why is it always Casey? We had a chance. We had a chance. It's always Casey. We had a chance. We had a. We had a. We had a chance. Sign Niners fan. The second year. Why do we always give up? Jamie in Green Bay. Why isn't it always Shanahan? Why isn't it? Why isn't it always Shanahan? Sign that fan Gala. blubbering about Ghana. 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 Shanahan. Ghana. Mahomes. Ghana. Ghana. Casey. Ghana. All right, telephone calls. When we come back, 1 800 636 8686. Jump up in here. I'm also going to take a look back at last week, Alvin's Ionic. Super Bowl week that was. Ionic. Quick question. Why is Oats Wrapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Well, there is something to be said for a family business, which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. You can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough. Because they use just the best ingredients. They don't have to. It could be more cost-effective not to. But that's not what they do. That's not what they're about. Only the best ingredients from their lean strips of beef seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke. Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite. And it comes in four mouth-watering flavors. So what you want to do is go find the one you like best. Or if you're not sure, go with a four-ounce bag. Get all four. Or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way you have enough for everybody. If you don't see it, and you will, but if you don't, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. All right, a few things, Alvy. Get your week that was ready. Clones, get your ATP ready. It's Monday. I need ATPs. Ask the pros. So I want to say that last week we got more reaction to our set than ever before. And I think there were a couple of reasons for that. Number one, it was the best set ever. There is that. We were not on Radio Row. Now, generally, whenever I go to the Row, we have an amazing set, right? Always. This was an amazing set that was on the Strip outside the Bellagio with the fountains as a backdrop. I mean, it was visually and aesthetically gorgeous. It was beautiful. The kind of thing where whenever a guy showed up, an athlete showed up and walked on the set, they were like, damn, Rome, wow. And I had a lot of people blowing me up saying, what an amazing set, what an amazing set. And it's all true. I think another part of that was, I think a lot of you saw it that ordinarily wouldn't see it because we had a little bit of help last week with our social media game. 
So we were posting lots and lots of things that ordinarily may not get posted. So I think that was part of it too. But mostly the set was just stunning, stunning. So we got caught up and we did so much last week. And getting lost in all of this was Alvy's week that was, which is always one of my favorite things of Super Bowl week because it's such a whirlwind. You get so caught up in it and it's like, bam, 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 guest, 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 guest. And you don't have time to really let any of it marinate. You don't let any of it breathe. Like there were so many guests where I wanted to say, wow, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what just happened. You know, so many amazing moments. But we couldn't because there was always somebody else walking up. So I come back, get get some time to kind of think about it, decompress for a moment or so. But we never played Alvin's week that was. So I just want to acknowledge what an amazing week it was in Vegas. I've already thanked everybody for making it so. I want to reiterate that. Thank you very much for making it so. But when you step back and you listen to what Alvin is about to drop, you'll fully understand what an amazing week it was. So let's take one last look back at one of the greatest weeks ever. The week not on the row, but the week on the strip. The week leading up to Super Bowl 58, Alvy. I'll tell you what, Alvin, more than ever before, I need that deck of yeah. What's cracking? I am Jim Rohn. That is the Monday deck of yeah because we are coming to you live from Las Vegas. If you're watching on CBS Sports Network, oh, how bitchin' is that? We are live from the fountains of the Bellagio. Simon Wilcox. You're outside of the Bellagio where they have the great, beautiful fountain. They're playing great Italian opera music. Doesn't get any better than this. Bill put a suit on and sat across from Terry Fontenot. No offense to Terry Fontenot. Did he cut the sleeves off the suit? (laughs) He might have. Tracy and Phoenix, what's it like on the Strip right now, Trace? Well, Jim, it's a little bit wet. I'm so grateful they put a roof over your head. Mike Golick Jr., Dodger Jano, my wife, quote, I love this guy's energy. (laughs) So you got the Dodger Jano. Let's go. Lincoln, what's it like in L.A. right now? It's very uh, un-L.A.-like. Let's put it that way right now. Whatever this ask atmospheric uh, river is. You face Nick Bosa. All I did was hold two. I'll say that. So, guess what? I got paid for 16 years, Nick, to hold. Okay? We're we're basically just glorified bouncers. We're not supposed to let you in the door. This will be our final week on CBS Sports Network. The radio program does not change, but then after this week, we'll take a short time out and then when we re-emerge, we will re-emerge live on the X platform. So you want to make sure you look for that. I watch it as a fan. Just, just him throwing their bodies on the ground. I'm like, that ground is is undefeated. It's not losing. It's not losing. Dude, You're it's losing. never even trailed. <laughs> right? So, put their bodies on I'm the line. I'm taking the ground and yeah. laying the points, dude. Oh, yeah. Two of the best offensive minds in the game and Andy Reid. Excuse me, dude. Is that any good? It's pretty cool. You know? It's really cool, man. <laughs> this is my first time in Vegas. I saw this on Ocean's Stop. 11. Right? Stop. You have never been to Vegas. There's no basketball team here. Rod, it is awesome to see you, man. How you doing? Jim, it is great to be here. You have aged so well. You look my so man. good. Kendrick, you look great, dude. It's great to see you. How you feeling? Yes, sir. Thanks, Jim. You look good, too, man. I'm, I love the way you're wearing your turtleneck, though. Fold it twice. No, I didn't See, do that on purpose. It just whoever did, did that on that its own. Did. I'm taking it. It is Jay Glazer. And I realized that these fools set us up and sent us to a male burlesque show. And his big dude in the cop out. Everything flapping around right behind John Lynch's head. <laughs> I'm like, John, well, we got to go. Dan White. I love uh, hash browns, right? When you do hash browns, right, what's better than hash browns? The answer is nothing. This morning, man. Okay? The answer is nothing. The McFlurry was good. We're talking to Dan Marino. Pick a guy and let it fly. You read your coverage. You pick the guy you want to go to and let it go without hesitation. Dan it's Marino. something I've always talked about. All the great ones can do it. Just having fun. But at the same time, it is true. Pick Mayfield. I'm in the Charlotte airport boarding a plane to LAX. 
and two days later, how am I playing in a football game? I have no idea. <laughs> how did you approach it? How did you do it? I studied like I've never studied for anything before. I thought Sean was joking when I was like, hey, go get some reps in the walkthrough. What are you talking about? Somehow it made it work. Pittsburgh Steeler fans are a bunch of entitled doofs. Steeler fans, you're entitled. So lucky to be a Steelers fan. You're not lucky that you live in Pittsburgh, but you're lucky that you're a Steelers fan. Austin Eckler. Look what you got going on here. This yeah, is what I'm talking about. Do you want to stay with the Chargers? I would love to stay with the Chargers. I feel like it is still like a new spark because there's a new field. Matthew Judon. It's going to be a really cool spot. When you come in, you're going to leave happy. It's going to be no hubbub or no feel. It's just good food and a good energy. Jamar, let me put the question to you. Who is the best receiver in the game right now? Tyreek Hill and I got Justin Jefferson. Of course, I want to win for Mark Davis. I want him to have success. Al Davis won three Super Bowls. Mark hasn't won any. Myself, I haven't won a Super Bowl. Howie Long and those guys did. So for me, I want to stand up for what's right. Let me ask you this, though, Drew. Do you think he's going to be up for that challenge? Absolutely. And he's ready to make whatever plays he needs to make to help them win the game. He proved it last week, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. You're not thinking about, hey, this is a Super Bowl. If you're thinking about that, you're in trouble. That's all all of us can do is just be true to ourselves, try to find ways to improve and get better, not worry about, you know, give a shit about what other people think. Zach Moss joining us. I think you make. It's nice, right? Yeah. How you like that? Yeah, that's cool. I did that for you, bro. <laughs> I did that for you, brother. Is he not the rat poison himself rat now? Poison? Uh, you, okay, okay, okay. I see what you did there. I see what you did. I like it. I like it. I like it. He is the rat poison now that I have to go about it. Right? Is that why you put a wristband on him, man? Listen, the wristbands are on Brady for all these years. Right. Here's why. Green, right, slot, Z motion, 22, Z, and Y, go. There's four seconds that I'm saving if I just said, hey, give me 22, Jim. How about this team went that? out in our home stadium and laid an egg like that. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. Something has to change because this is just not going to get it. I felt embarrassed. I don't know if anybody out there can get tickets to the Sphere for a fish. Or... For real. I usually just voted once. But Me like, too. That, that was the plan. That's clean. I'll probably be dead in 10 minutes, but... Uh... Steeler fans piss me off, Jim. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Chief plus two. <laughs> I see what you did there. You are the best, Good Sean. stuff, Jim. And we've got some really big plans. The radio show will not change, period. Full stop. Good night now! Alvi, incredible job. Incredible job, as always. Tommy is my EP. Tommy, you... I was in it... So I was hosting, but you saw Emmett walk up. And, and by the way, the, for the clones that were represented, there were clones on the strip and a lot of them. And they couldn't hear the show because we didn't broadcast it out. So they were just kind of there standing around waiting for me to come off or the guests to come off. What was Emmett's walk up like? Incredible energy. First of all, he looked like a billion. He sounded like a billion. And then he was getting all over the crowd. Like, there were like 150 clones on the sidewalk yelling up at him, yelling about Jerry, yelling about the Cowboys, and he was giving it right back to them, and he had his tequila that he was promoting also, and he was just like, I mean, he was hilarious. A second before he walked up and sat down with you, he was talking smack to clones on the sidewalk. Dude, he showed up with such great energy. He showed up with such great energy and pulled no punches once he got up there. Yeah, and our setup was, we were actually dangled, if you've been to the Bellagio Founds, we were actually dangled on the stage off the sidewalk over the water, and then the right-hand lane uh, of Las Vegas Boulevard was closed for us. So that was really where the foot traffic was. So that's that's where the clones were. But again, we couldn't blast the show out to the street, so they couldn't really hear much. So anybody who made it out to see us, basically to just see us, thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for supporting the show. And by the end of the week, like I said, there are a lot of people on that sidewalk. There were. Listen, not to shortchange anybody, but as you hear Alvin's week that was, what were some of your favorite moments from the week? Damn, that's that's I tough. I put you on the spot. Yeah, Sorry about I mean, that. The Baker conversation was incredible. Um, 
and it'd been a long time coming. We've well, had a, why, why did you think that was incredible? Just, just we talked about it a little bit right after it happened, but just the, his energy coming on stage, it kind of like closed the loop on this narrative we've been building on the show. You've been building on the show for years and years about this guy. It kind of made it all made sense. So like his, his, I said he, he's not a, he's not a super imposing person, but he has big guy energy. He just came on that stage with with all this energy. So I thought that was a. Um, that was probably my favorite moment of the week. I thought that was a great moment, obviously, personally. And some of you clones understood that. A couple of you sent along. Thanks, Tommy. I really appreciate it. Good job. You did a great job last week, dude. You did a great job. Thank you, boss. I think that a, one person in particular, I can't remember who it was, said, Hey, Jim, I know that one meant something to you. I know you had been waiting on that. I knew that you had been chasing that interview. I'm glad that went as well as it did. Because I'm sure. In fact, I know. That conversation with Baker Mayfield meant a hell of a lot more to me than it did Baker Mayfield. That's a given. But I'm glad he showed up the way that I said for the last several years he would show up. Because not all of you buy in. In fact, a lot of you don't buy in. And he doesn't care. That guy clearly has this belief in himself. A great belief in himself. And a great energy. That was one of my favorite moments. Sean Payton I thought was amazing. Love Sean Payton. Love Sean Payton. I love that even before, like, I want to flex, I always want to remind you listeners that, you know, Sean Payton and I go way back. Sean Payton has told me in the past that when he was an assistant coach at San Diego State, he would listen to me on 690. My favorite thing about Sean Payton, I think, is that before I can even get to it, he brings it up. Like, that's how good he is to me in the show. Love that. I thought that Will Anderson Jr. exchange was awesome. That is such a good dude. I said, let me ask you something, Will. If Nick Saban is always saying that the media is feeding the team rat poison. Rat poison. Now that he is media, is he not the rat poison? Rat poison. And Will laughed. Will, Will's just really smiling and happy and has this great way about him. He's like, oh, I see what you did there. He's like, you're right. He's going to pick Alabama every week. There were so many great moments. So many great moments. It's not even fair for me to just list a few. Love and Stroud in back-to-back segments was also really, really cool. That was incredible. That was great. That was great, too. All right, so when we come back, if you want to share your thoughts on what you thought was the best moment, go right ahead. There was another moment that was not a part of the normal broadcast schedule, but rather episode 300 of the Jim Rohn podcast. Nick Casario came by. And we sat down, and we went log form, and that meant the world to me. I don't know what Nick considers me, but in a business where I try and be careful and objective, I consider Nick a good friend because he's been so great to the show for so long, and I hold him in such high regard, and I respect and admire the hell out of the guy. But that's the first time he and I have ever sat down and gone long form. My man's mind is incredible incredible it's an incredible conversation all right so we'll take a short time out if you want to share your thoughts on last week this will be a good time to do it right now here is a sports update here is rich ackerman
get that ATP in here. The Ask the Pros, you clones get to submit a question to me at cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. And it is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. At 115 USA writes, hi, Jim. I really enjoyed Ep 300 with Nick Casario, especially about his D3 days at John Carroll. I won't give the best part away. So as a former D3 football player, I really appreciate the culture he came from and how successful they've all become. Thanks. And you nailed it. That's why you want to listen to it. It's absolutely amazing who came out of that school and what they went on to accomplish. Sir Rome. We all know you keeps a private jet. You know I keeps a private jet. Were you able to find parking and did the concierge crop dust your G6 when you picked it up? Thanks, Matt. I do not keep a private jet. You know I keeps a private jet. But I did see where those who do keeps private jets keeps them. Man, it was gridlocked. There were a lot of private jets. A lot of private jets, as you might imagine. The private jets had a really competitive time. Imagine a valet. Imagine a valet for cars, and there is no parking. And they've got the sign out that says, parking lot full. And everybody's getting frustrated and uptight. I'll bet you there were a bunch of multi, 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 hundred millionaires and billionaires who are like, hello, can I please have my G5? A lot of jets. Hi, Jim. What Usher song was stuck in your head after the Super Bowl? Thanks, Bellaby and Calgary. None. I mean, I thought he was great. I thought the halftime show was really, really good, but none. Dear Jim, when you got home, how long did it take for your digits to defrost? Brad in the 360 cycling degenerate. Hey, listen. It was cold, but if I was in a really bad way, you would have known. I don't hide it that well. You saw me on television during the AFC Championship game in KC. It was cold. And, and before you come at me again with, dude, you are so soft. Well, yes, maybe. But being in 40-degree weather is one thing. Sitting in 40-degree weather in normal clothes for three hours plus is something else. However, they set it up beautifully. Here's a fun fact. They had little heaters under the desk. That helped. And I was prepared. Jim, were you able to make time for another famous Vegas Wagyu ribeye? Signed, Joel, in Montana. It wasn't a Wagyu. It was a dry age. It was a dry age. And I did not get it in. This is interesting. Hey, Rome, I got an early ATP for you. What the hell has happened to John Elway's face? Thank you to John Elway. Dude looked more carved up than an Ike's sandwich. Hey, John. Hey, John. Emo- horse emoji. Yeah, horse face. <laughs> You're not the first one to say that. <laughs> Romy, what were you drinking out of that B 
big ass chalice that you took a chalice that you took a picture of over the weekend. Was that a martini? Brian O'Neary. All right, interesting question. Very interesting. I'm all about the process of the martini. Generally, I don't like those glasses. And I'm also one of those guys, I don't like to make a fuss ever at restaurants. I just don't. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like, hey, yo, there's this guy over there. Not even like, hey, Rome's in the house and. There's this guy over there sending back his drinks, sending back his food. I hate that. I hate that. I don't do that. But I've got a thing about the glass for the cocktail. If I only cocktail on Friday and Saturday, I'm really particular about the process. So I'm going to admit it. First of all, it was not big. It was small. It was a beautiful glass, but it was not a big glass. And again, I'm not weird about it because I didn't get the pour I wanted. If I want more, I'll just order a second one, you know, if I have a driver. But number one, it was not that big. And number two, if you're asking what was in it, goose. I went goose. Goose martini. Interesting restaurant. Which shall remain nameless. Oh, now we're done. Now I'm done. First day back, new era. All right, so no TV or visual stream, but that will change when this show moves to the X platform. And we'll talk more about that as we get closer. And we are getting closer. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. My thanks to Ross Tucker, who I know is playing through it. Ross showed up like a pro. My thanks to the XR4TI clones. Good job on the phones. Really nice job in reaction. We'll do more of that tomorrow. Y'all have a great Monday. See you then. We're out.